The information on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a qualified licensed professional counselor or a qualified licensed medical provider. Hello and welcome back to another session of the Evolving Chair Podcast with your host, Lakeisha. I hope you guys have been enjoying these past few sessions. I've had some great guests on the show and I really want to hear your thoughts and opinions. So don't forget to rate and review the podcast. So we are still in the month of July and we're still celebrating Minority Mental Health Month. And I wanted to reiterate a quote that I posted maybe a few months back on my social media accounts, because I think it's more prevalent now, especially with it being Minority Mental Health Month, that you can pray and talk with a therapist. So it don't have to be one or the other. So I'll be reposting that as well. And I just wanted to shout out another podcast for another clinician that's doing her thing, Therapy for Black Girls podcast by Dr. Joy Bradford. And she was actually a guest of mine on session four. And so she's doing some amazing things with her podcast. She's a licensed psychologist in Atlanta. And she is bringing to light how therapy can be just that conversation that you're having with a professional, especially us as women, because sometimes I think we take on the world and we think we're Wonder Woman. (laughs) And sometimes we ourselves need that support. So shouts out to her and go check out her podcast and rate and review hers as well. We are also celebrating Purposeful Parenting Month. And the goal of Purposeful Parenting Month is for us to build strong, positive, functional families with children of any age, recognizing the importance of meaningful relationships between parents and children. And they highlight eight steps as it relates to purposeful parenting. So I'll just read off the eight, but I wanted to also touch on some tips about purposeful parenting. So the eight steps are structure and order, responsibility and accountability, firmness and fairness, limits and boundaries, consistency, problem-solving skills, understanding and unconditional love. And so I just wanted to touch on four tips that stood out to me as I work with children and their families in therapy. And again, this is not to say that anybody is doing anything wrong as a parent or that you're a bad parent. (laughs) I'm a parent myself. So sometimes we don't always get it right. And I think we just need different ways of thinking about things or reminders of those basic things to help with the cohesive um, family system. So number one, interact and connect with your children. So getting involved in their life, finding out about their hobbies and interests. When they get involved, when you get involved with your kids' activities, they can become more interested in what you want to do. And so for me, I have a son that plays football and a daughter that plays basketball. Anybody that knows me, I'm more artistic. I like to sing and draw, things of that nature. But for my babies, I'm that sports mom that's out there front and center yelling, you better get that ball. Yes, get up. You okay? Yeah, I'm their mama. Uh, (laughs) But I, I love that they see me rooting for them and wanting to know everything it is about those sports. You know, my son is, I don't, he's crazy with his mind where he knows all that kind of, uh, what do they call that dude? I'm trying to think of. I'm having a brain freeze, y'all. <laughs> I'm coming right after work, so please excuse me. <laughs> um, he, he He's just really knowledgeable. I can't think of the exact word that I wanted to use, but you know. <laughs> so he has all that stuff in his brain um, 
just about the facts and things of that as it relates to football. And so he actually teaches me stuff about it. And so he really loves that he has a parent that is there front and center as well as my daughter, you know, is it's encouraging her, okay, girl, you you trying to be the next uh, WNBA star, so we need to get your shots up, your dribbles, all of that. So I'm there at the court with her. So, you know, just, just being involved with them. And then, you know, of course, that has them having the conversations with me. Like, well, Mom, what do you like to do? And I tell them, oh, I love to sing. They're like, yeah, I know you like to sing because you sing all the time. <laughs> and I tell them about other stuff I enjoy doing. And that just gets that conversation going for them to want to be a part of some of my activities that I do. Tip number two, making family time a priority. And I think the day and age we live in, sometimes it can be so tricky to be intentional about the time we spend with our kids because we're running from here and there and everywhere and our schedule is so full and overwhelming. But if you think about when you meet somebody new, right, and you want to know all it is that you can know about them. So you you making the time to talk to them on the phone, go out on dates, things like that. We need to be have those same intents when it comes to our children. Just being intentional because the only way relationships can cultivate and grow is if we're intentional about them. And, you know, like I said, it's easier said than done because my schedule is chaotic, but I have to be intentional and put it on my schedule to spend that time with my kids. You know, and it could be something as simple as when it's dinner time, instead of everybody in their own individual spaces, okay, we all going to sit at the table and eat dinner and have that conversation. So what happened at school today? Or this happened at work today? Or what's going on this weekend? Things of that nature. I know for me, I had to really put a limit on when I would be doing stuff. So on social media or talking to my friends too. So when I'm picking up my kids and I have them with me, I'm not taking anybody's phone calls because that's my time with my kids to for them to tell me about their day because those are critical moments too. So right after school, right um, before bedtime, those are critical points for parents to be involved in knowing what's going on with their kids. And again, too, many of the times some parents think it's, just about the financial things that they give the kids and things that they're buying. Oh, that'll be fine. I'm just going to buy them this. I'm going to buy them that. But a lot of the kids don't want that. They just want their parent there. They want that time with their parent. That's all they want. So it's not about the finances. It truly is about the quality time. Um, Number three, creating a safe environment. So being mindful what you're watching and who you're allowing in your space is a big one. And again, not saying uh, there's bad parents out there or I'm shaming any parents or anything of that nature. I think many of the times us as parents, we only know how to do best with what we have or what we were taught. But if we're being more intentional about hey, I I don't want my kid to go through the same things I went through. We'll be more intentional about what we allow them to listen to, what we allow them to watch, and what we say around them. So for me, the children I work with, you'll be surprised at some of the language that they're using as young as they are. And so the teachers get them, and then the kids is cussing out other kids, or they are having these conversations about things that, aren't appropriate for them to even know about yet at the age they are. And it's having that conversation with me, having that conversation with the parent, like, hey, 
they're saying this or doing this what's going on and the parent is like I don't know well the kid knows like oh but so-and-so friend come over here and they just be talking about all of that stuff and, and I'll be like oh shoot okay <laughs> so I'm like well you just need to like go in the back and close the door but I also have that conversation with parents too just to be mindful of those things you know because I I get it sometimes we can get with our friends and we can have loose lips and forget the kids are around but we again we have to be intentional about what we're putting into our kids as well because what we're putting into them will come out whether that's something positive or not so good number four for parents is the biggest one self-care Sometimes I think we get so caught up on taking care of everybody else that we forget about ourselves and which can throw off being intentional for your kid, creating that safe environment. If you aren't okay or your best self mentally, physically or spiritually, how can you truly be there for your kid? And I know for me, um, a lot of the children that I do work with, unfortunately, the parents' mental status isn't in a good space for them to really give their kid that undivided attention and be intentional because they're going through a lot emotionally. So I'm tackling what the parent is going through as well as what the kid is going through and then trying to put the family together and figure out how can y'all get past the mama's individual stuff, the kid's individual stuff. Now y'all got to work together. And, and be cohesive as a family. So again, just parents, just don't forget about yourself and, and being open and honest about needing that help and support because it's okay. For me, especially because I'm a helper, I'm in the helping profession, I'm a clinician, so I'm helping people all day long. Many other times I will forget about me um, like my grandmother recently passed away and I'm there at the forefront for everybody else still going to work. Friends is like, Key, you still going to work? Yeah, I'm still going to work. I still got to work. My kids need to see me. You know, they got their issues. And I was constantly going and going and going. And then I had a moment where I just broke down and started crying because I was so busy and so involved with helping everybody else. I neglected my self-care. You know, I just lost a grandmother you know, who was definitely an integral part of our family. She was the matriarch of our family. And I really didn't allow myself time to process that. And I just got so self-absorbed and involved in everybody else's life. I forgot about me, which is easy to do. But parents, do not neglect yourself. And I also want to highlight two of my two quotes that I really love. Well, one is actually a scripture. And it is train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. From Proverbs 22 and 6. And then a quote that I really love is when you become a parent, remember, don't allow anything in your life that don't that you don't want reproduced in your kids. So again, it's going back to being mindful and intentional about what we're putting into our children, because what we're putting into them, it will come out. And if we say we want the best for them and we want them not to be anything like we were, then we'll be more conscientious and cautious about the things we allow them to view and and read and listen to. Because I know we can get so caught up in, oh, they're they're just two. They're just three. They're just six. 10 then soon as like oh they just 13 16 and, and and then at that point 
you're looking for help. But I like to be proactive with many of my parents instead of reactive. So like, okay, let's jump on the ball now. And it's never too late for you to kind of rethink about some of the things that you may want to do better for your kids. Because again, nobody is the greatest parent all the time. Sometimes we drop the ball. Myself, I drop the ball sometimes. Sometimes I'm so busy with work and or my own stuff and I don't really have time to listen to what my kids are saying to me right then and there. But now working with a lot of children and families, it makes me more cautious to be like, okay, Key, you need to take time and be intentional with your kids because you want what you have to say to be valid for them. And also another tip too is parents being consistent. And it just doesn't mean, okay, on this day, I'm going to buy you this, that, and the third, but just how you show up to your kids emotionally. Because I deal a lot with children who are who get into fifth and sixth grade and you know they are well advanced intellectually emotionally so they know how to articulate themselves and I find a lot of barriers of when they tell me I don't trust my parent and you begin to ask why don't you trust your parent and they're saying because the boyfriend or the girlfriend they with all they do is break up and make up break up and make up they argue they fight and I don't trust them or we move here to here to here laying your head everywhere that you aren't able to build that stable foundation that causes your child to to give you the side eye unfortunately and you know I know many times some some individuals don't have the means of having stability like that but you know I think it goes back to having those conversations with your children and just being upfront to them about what's going on um yeah so this episode is really really short (laughs) but I didn't want to dive too much into stuff because I think just what I named off with the tips definitely gives time for people to reflect and I want to hear some of the tips you guys are using too so I know I went on a website and they talked about different things that other parents are doing and one of the things a parent is doing is writing a a letter to their son and just talking about how proud they are of them and the issues that they as a parent had growing up and not wanting their kid to be the same way and they the parent mentioned that they wish that their parent would have done that so that way they can go back and read the letter every time Um, another thing was again how I talked about just getting involved with your kids and their hobbies Um, a parent highlighted that that their child decided to be a vegan and so the parent had to learn everything there was about their kid being a vegan and going shopping and what to cook what not to cook how to cook certain things and their child was so appreciative of them wanting to be a part of that um so if you have any purposeful parenting tips please send them to tec podcast 2017 at gmail like i shared earlier we are still in minority mental health awareness month and i wanted to talk about a video that has gone viral just within the past day or so it's a video that was taped by a young man and of actress maya campbell 
So some of you may know that name and know that actress, but for those of you who don't, uh, Maya Campbell is really famous for her role as Tiffany Warren on the NBC UPN sitcom In the House that starred LL Cool J. So some of y'all may remember that sitcom. And she's done a lot of other TV and movie features as well as um, being on Iyanla's Fix My Celebrity Life back in 2012. Those of you that know Maya Campbell as an actress, she is also ugh, she is also the daughter of B.B. Moore Campbell, who is the woman and the author that actually got us this Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And she which made me look back because she wrote a book called 70, 72 Hour Hold. And it's about a woman's daughter battling with bipolar. And so that had me think like, I think she was writing that story about her own child. Well, in the video, she was um, disheveled. She had actually on like a tattered bra and some shorts um, by this young man's car actually pumping his gas. And she was just saying like, I need some crack. I need some crack. And you know, the young man is just waving the camera and he's like, say that again, what you need. So not really helping the situation, almost in a sense, geeking her up. Um, and that video has gone viral and L.O. Kuj saw the video and he is looking to reach out to her and give her the help that she needs. Um, and he's also tweeted, you know, um, the young man should have instead of posting it, he should have been trying to help her. Um, and unfortunately, the young man is getting a lot of backlash about the the video that he's posted about her. And. Maya Campbell actually made a response to El Kuja trying to help her and reach out to her. And she actually made a video and she stated that she doesn't need help. Just do a benefit concert for her about mental health. And I, I had the opportunity of watching both videos. And even in the second video, you can still see her battling with her bipolar um, issue in that video. And the young man, of course, made a response video about all the backlash he's been getting on on social media. And of course, he is like he would not change what he did. He is not taking it back. He's not regretful for it. He actually said he feels that people are making a big deal about it because she is black. And if she was white, would anybody really be saying anything about it? And he was like, you know, I know she's um a black actress he's like but we know her on these streets she's been like this for years so just kind of downplaying it like oh you know this is her normal behavior things of that nature and then dismissing the whole mental health theme and is like man this is not no mental health illness this is she's just high you know and not really trying to hear what anybody has to say about her having bipolar disorder. And so for me, I had to take a step back because that is one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast. Because again, in our community, there is that disconnect from what mental illness is in our community. And an individual who has a mental health issue and has drug and alcohol issues, when those two are correlated with each other, the drugs infuses those um, mental health symptoms that they're challenged with. So for uh, Maya Campbell, like when I saw the video, I honestly saw um, a 
person that has bipolar who is currently manic, <laughs> in my professional opinion. And there's four kinds of um, bipolar, which might change due to the updated version of um, the DSM-5, the Ni Diagnostic S Statistics Manual, um, which is what us clinicians, um, psychiatrists, psychologists use to provide diagnosis to the clients we see. Um, but I will go through the four of them. Um, bipolar 1 disorder. It's characterized by one or more manic or mixed episodes and one or more major depressive episodes. Um, and it's the most severe of all the illnesses because you have more of those manic, so those hyper um, mood-like symptoms. Um, bipolar 2 is more of the hypomanic, so not as aroused or energetic, so more in the realm of depression-like symptoms. Um, cyclothymic disorder, um, which is just the fluctuating of your moods involving periods of you being hypomanic and hypermanic. So that's the mix of both the manic, so the high energy behaviors, and then the hypomanic, so the low level, so the depressive-like symptoms. And then the last one is bipolar, not otherwise um, specified, which is just a characteristic um, exactly by any of the above types of bipolar disorder. Um, the depressive and the manic experiences of bipolar disorder vary from person to person, um, which causes the bipolar to uh, not be otherwise specified because it's so many of the symptoms they're displaying in between. So we can't put a pinpoint on which type of bipolar the person is exhibiting. And within those four levels, there are four kinds of moods. And again, so that manic um, behavior, so the irritability, the um, elevated mood, um, endangering yourself or someone else. And those behaviors usually last about a week. Um, and sometimes people that are manic need to be hospitalized. And I just think back on my time being a case manager and therapist for adults with mental health and AOTA issues. Um, and so unfortunately, um, some of them would be taking their medications um, that they're diagnosed for with um, for schizophrenia, as well as still using crack and marijuana, too. I think some people downplay marijuana, but um, marijuana is a hallucin hallucinogenic. So <laughs> that just increases those mental health symptoms for you. And as well as the hypomanic. So again, those low level behaviors, so more of that depressive like state, um, which is a milder form of the mania, the mania, and that usually lasts about four days or so. And the major depressive um, episode, which is more of the extreme sadness um, and the loss of interest from things that you used to get pleasure out of. And now all of a sudden you have no interest in wanting to do those things. Um, and that usually can last about two weeks for you to be clinically diagnosed with that. And then the mixed episode. So again, the mixture of the manic symptoms as well as the depressive like symptoms and if you're experiencing those nearly every day for at least one week, um, that could lead you to be um, diagnosed clinically with um, the mixed episodes of bipolar disorder. And co-occurring disorders do exist. So that means a person is diagnosed with a mental health issue as well as an alcohol or drug other drug issue. And it honestly, with those diagnoses, it's it's 
what came first, like the chicken or the egg. You really don't know if they already had a mental health issue and then the addiction came along or if the addiction was first and then the mental health issue comes because how the drugs affect our brain, it can actually rechange the structure of our brain to rely on the drugs, which can cause the mental health issue or if you already have the mental health issue and you're using the drugs, it just increases those drug seeking like behaviors for that person. Unfortunately, with her having the drug and alcohol issues, all the drug is doing is inducing her symptoms of the hopelessness, low self-worth and the exaggerated self-confidence. Because in the video, she actually had that, the exaggerated self-confidence where she was jumping up and down and her frequent drug use causes physical changes in her brain more so in that reward system part of our brain. So that part where we do something pleasing to us and then we want that reward every time her brain is now trained to want those drugs. So which now she is having those drug induced symptoms of begging for the drugs now. So it's not the fact that she's just high. No, bruh. She really has a mental health issue. And I want to hear what you guys have to say. What do you think he could have done differently because I think everybody is like oh he should help he should help but first off he don't even believe it's it's mental health he just thinks she's high so then that leads you to think okay so when he normally sees somebody that's high and on crack how does he normally treat them like he's treating her he's not lending a helping hand and and in no way am I bashing the young man I just shoot it up to he doesn't know he's not informed or educated about mental health and For people that are wondering what you can do, honestly, it's just being there for that person. Because at the end of the day, an individual has to want the help. You know, um, Rashawn Miller, my guest on session seven, you know, I'm glad he was able to share his story about his battle with bipolar. But he had that support system that literally like drug him in to the psychiatric hospital to get help. Um, And everybody, unfortunately, does not have that support system. And when you don't have that support system, unfortunately, we have those folks that are out here just walking around and we come in contact with and we don't know what to do. And I always tell people, you know, tread lightly, even if you want to address them, because you don't know if they're hostile or not. And and I never want anybody else to put their self in danger either. And this is the end of this session so I really thank you guys for listening in many of them won't be this short (laughs) but I just really wanted to highlight about the parenting thing and so again you can check me out on all of my social media platforms and email me and also I do have my very first community event coming up next week Wednesday July 19th I think last session I said Thursday July 19th (laughs) but it's actually Wednesday (laughs) July 19th from 6 to 7 p.m. at Capitol Library at 3696 North 74th Street the event is free so please go register at Eventbrite at T-E-C-G-A-P-C-L-O s-u-r-e dot eventbrite dot com and again just listening coming out and hearing about the stigmas treatments symptoms and signs within the black community 
And if you have a story or a question and would like it featured on the Chase Lounge with Lakeisha, send it again to the email at tecpodcast2017 at gmail.com. And before I exit off, Dooch, quick question. <laughs> oh, I'm working on it. Okay. I'm, okay. <laughs> okay. So. I a couple that I got to call. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So Dooch is just, um, I'm following up with Dooch about him reaching out to a therapist. <laughs> so he is working on that, ladies and gentlemen. So I really want you guys to know that. So, oh, I do have some exciting things coming up. In August, I will actually be starting my relationship series, and I'm really excited about that. I got some phenomenal therapists that will be coming on talking about affairs, Um the top keys to a successful relationship. We're going to be talking about side chicks, but not in the realm of what is popular now, <laughs> like advocating for them or anything like that. But behind that, what's deeper than the side chick? Why are they going that route? Or the side man as well. <laughs> what's allowing them to fall into those positions and those stereotypes of things of that nature. So if you have any relationship question you would like answered by myself or any of my guests please email me at tecpodcast2017 at gmail.com and yes tc listeners i am doing my first annual back to school resource fair on saturday august 19th at washington park and i'm in need of donations so i've um took the liberty of course of purchasing some school supplies myself but in realizing all of this i can't just do it on my own it truly takes a community um for this to be accomplished and my goal is to um, provide at least 50 book bags for students um, with school supplies as well as beyond the traditional stuff so I've been looking at different school supply lists and some schools are asking for $15 um, class fees for snacks and special projects boxes of Kleenex Clorox wipes things of that nature so I'm not just looking for the traditional the traditional school supplies, but also the other ones that I've mentioned as well. And you are more than welcome to go online um, and get a supply list and look at, too, what the students may need because they are out there. Um, I just Googled MPS school supply list and they popped right up. And I will actually be accepting donations and they can be dropped off to me Mondays and Wednesdays Um, from 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. and on Fridays from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at 7425 West Florist Avenue. Or otherwise, I can make um, plans to pick them up from you as well. And you can get in touch with me through the phone, 414-748-1614, or by email at L-A-K-I-E-S-H-A-R-U-S-S-E-L-L at gmail.com. And I really hope you guys decide to donate because, again, um, it takes more than one person trying to make an impact in our community, Um, especially with wanting to have our kids start off on the right track, because many of them aren't successful because they don't have the utensils that they need at the very beginning of the year. So I really hope you guys find it in your heart to want to help donate either monetarily or going out and purchasing those items as well, as well as for the day of the event. You know, we gonna need food to feed the people. So (laughs) if anybody is willing to donate food items for that, that is greatly appreciated as well. 
And don't forget about my event next week, Wednesday. So I hope to see you all there um, to come out and get some feedback and help me celebrate Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. So until next time, peace. Hey, TEC listeners. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and rate this podcast. You can send me emails with questions, comments, and feedback to TECpodcast2017 at gmail.com, on Twitter at TECpodcast2017, IG at TECpodcast, Facebook, The Evolving Chair Podcast, or check out my website at www dot the evolving chair dot com. So go listen to me on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play.